Wake Up with Patty Catter. I love this show. I never miss an episode. It's the best. I turn it on and turn it up. Hello, everybody. You're listening to and watching Wake Up with Patty Catter. Today, I have an Instagram Facebook guru with me. His name is David Schloss. If you haven't heard of him, you are definitely going to want to follow him as soon as you're finished with the show, like hurry up and go over there and do it. Even do it right now. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate you for having me on. Thank you. So tell our listeners, first of all, a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and where you came from. And then we're going to dive into talking about what you do now, which is amazing on Instagram and Facebook for businesses and personal people, like just personal brands. For sure. Yeah. So I got my start in the entrepreneurship world, actually, when I was in high school, right? So um, you know, much of what I would do is in the finance world, I was always big into stocks and all this stuff early on, but I was using math to sort of figure out like trading cards and all these things. I was always selling something. So I had an entrepreneur spirit, even as far back as high school, probably even earlier than that. I just didn't identify it. And what was interesting is I was never into advertising at all. Advertising was not a thing. I was like stocks, Wall Street. I'm going to be this big wig guy on Wall Street. I'm going to do an investment banking thing. Everything's going to be great. That didn't happen. And when I went to college, my first year at the University of Florida, I fell upon just the make money online Google search and went down what seemed like 10 hours of just research in the middle of the night because I found myself just trying to figure out like, what am I going to do that's going to allow me to at least survive in college, which back then it's not as expensive as it is now. But even then I was like, I can't afford rent. I barely am eating every day. Like, this is bad. I got to do something. And I just didn't want to get a nine to five period. Even in college, I was like, I can't, no, not for me. What was interesting though, is that social media and social networks was still very new. Of course, there was MySpace and Friendster and High Five, and I can name a bunch of them because <laughs> I was I was trying out all of them because they were basically for anyone 18 and over. So I was 18 when I graduated from high school. So I was like, I was just joining everything to see what it was like. But I fell upon this article that said, if you really want to build a business on something for the future, you need to learn social media advertising or social network advertising. And lo and behold, I was already on Facebook and Facebook was still in its infancy. It was pretty much just coming out of Harvard. You know, all those students were already on it. Then it opened up to more colleges. So I was lucky I got a part of the college network and they were bringing on corporate advertisers for the first time to run ads on their network. And all the ads were on the right hand side, the little box that you would see. But then eventually, a couple months later, they opened it up to the public. And I noticed because a buddy of mine who was working for a big company said that they had invite codes to the network and it was cheap. Like they were just trying out $5 at a time and you could just run it to the whole network. This is when I think Facebook was maybe 50 million people, maybe 100 million at the most. It was in it was lower range, right, compared to where it is today at 2 billion, right? So I was like, I sure, I'll try it. I just read an article saying that I need to do this stuff. So you might as well just send me the code. I didn't work for the company, but he had the code. So I just got in the network before it went public, looked around, had no idea what I was doing because there was no training on it yet. And I was really just trying to figure out like, all right, how do I set up a budget? What do I need to do? What's, what's creative? What's copy? Like I needed to learn these things. So it gave me time to dive into the advertising world. Cause then that's when I started to notice the connection, right? You doing any sort of PPC was with Google, Yahoo, MSN, AOL. So I started diving into that world, just learning the lingo, how to set things up, even though I was trying to figure out Facebook. And as soon as they opened up to the public, it was game on. It was like, all right, $5. I can get $5. 
I'm already li living off college loans anyway, so let me just put five bucks in here and see what I can do. And that began this journey of just diving into a network that people didn't trust yet. They didn't know what it was. There were still plenty of people who were like, what is Facebook anyway? And so I spent my entire college life outside of doing my curriculum and passing and getting an undergrad degree and all that, got a bachelor's in tourism and hospitality management in Florida, because that's what you do. I was actually learning online marketing on the side and building a business over time because I saw something on the network that people at the time didn't see, which is social media is the future. People are going to be on here communicating, educating each other, building friendships and relationships. There has to be something here monetarily. And then Twitter came along and then LinkedIn came along and then YouTube, which was already around, opened up and got bought out by Google and they opened up an ad network that now is getting a lot of attention, but it's been around for a long time. So all of a sudden you start to notice social media and networks are popping up and Facebook starts to, you know, make its wave up towards the top spot with Google, you know, playing back and forth of where people are spending most of their money. I spent four years in college trying to convince people why they needed to get a Facebook profile, not even running ads, just get on Facebook, just get on Facebook. And it took until around that 2013, 2012 to 2013 time, people start asking me constantly, do you know how to run ads on Facebook? That's how far back I remember people starting to push to running ads on the network, but it was still very new, right? And, and, and the ad inventory was still wide open, but you didn't have a lot of placements. Instagram wasn't bought yet. You only had Facebook and you had the right-hand side, you had the feed and that's it. If you can pick one or the other, most people pick the feed. More real estate costs more money. You know, it was just one of those things that took time to evolve. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's been intimidating as a business owner to try to go on to either Instagram or Facebook and place an ad because every time I do and trying it myself, even though I've read up on it a little bit, um, it will say like how many dollars a day for how long, but then I always end up choosing the automatic, um, the automatic button because I'm like, I don't know what else I'm doing from here. Right. So <laughs> Um, I do that on Facebook and Instagram, and it has not gotten my social media very far. So what do you tell people who want to invest in ads, but they don't know what the heck they're doing? So automatic actually works really well if you have a lot of video content. And I say that because think of it this way, 60 second ads or less, let's just say 30 to 60 seconds, they run primarily in your newsfeed, Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's 15 seconds. It's an Instagram story or Facebook story. So if you create a 15 second ad, it goes everywhere. If you create an image, it goes everywhere. But here's the thing. Think about the network you're on. Instagram, though it was built primarily on photos, actually does better with video. That's mm. why stories perform so well, right? 15 seconds. But people forget that you can bundle stories together and make a long piece of content. So you could put three stories together at 15 seconds a piece. You're at 45 seconds. You essentially have an ad that can also go in your feed it's 45 seconds long. So feeds typically get the best performance because it's sitting there. You could stop scrolling. You could watch it and then make a determination on what to do next. Most people will click through to a profile or click through to a site. So if you're trying to gain followers, you're actually running ads in the feed. Or if you're on Instagram, you can also do the story, right? You can say swipe up to go to my profile and click follow, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to generate a conversion, whether it's an opt-in, an email lead, a phone number, anything of that nature, get a purchase. Your primary driver of traffic is actually going to be the feed. So the news feed on Facebook or the feed and in Instagram, and that could be image or video. 
But if you do an over 60 second video, it doesn't run on Instagram, right? So you have to decide like, where is my audience hanging out? And most people who are promoting to someone who's 40 and over, Mm -hmm. it's primarily on Facebook, Mm -hmm. running to someone younger. And we're talking 18 to 30 Instagram. There's that pocket between 30 and 40 where it's sort of like we do both. You know, I'm 31. It's like, I'll, I'll go on both all the time. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, once you start to get towards an older demo, it's like they just favor one network. But you also have to realize this. I've been on Facebook since I was 18, actually 17. So in reality, I've grown with the network too. So that demographic is also shifting, right? My age, which was considered, you know, the, the young crowd of Facebook is now in our 30s. And we're like, we're still on both because we've grown up with both. Mm-hmm. Whereas everyone who's joining now is picking a side. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. I'm only on Facebook or I'm also on Instagram and I'm on it all the time versus Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so you have to decide like, where are people consuming? And then if you want to grow the following, you just pinpoint that person who's most likely to buy or at least follow your content and then create the content that they consume, which video is the best type of content to create these days because it keeps people engaged. And there's a lot of capability with Facebook and Instagram. You can utilize that information to, you know, people who've engaged with your content, people who viewed all these extra technical things that come along with running a video compared to an image. Mm -hmm. So before the show started, you told me that I could try to run ads for only a dollar a day and get somewhere with that. What in the heck is that about? So I think people nowadays have this belief that running ads on any network is expensive, but expensive is relative because I have clients who spend a hundred bucks a day and I have clients that spend $10,000 a day, right? So it's all across the board. It depends on what your, your goal is, what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. But if you're just trying to grow a personal brand, I just want you to know who I am. I want you to follow my stuff, engage with my content, watch my videos, so on and so forth. You have the ability to run $1 a day. You could set your campaign to a daily budget of $1 and it will run. Now, of course, you don't want to feed too much into this campaign, but there is something you can run at a dollar that at least allows you to get the content out there. So here's a great example. I typically run different buckets of content. Here's what I mean. One bucket is is case studies. Another bucket is testimonials or social proof. Another bucket is motivational content, motivation to do something in a sense of like, here's why you need to start advertising, that type of thing. But then also another bucket is purely education, the how-to. And then the last bucket is call to action. I want you to buy something. I want you to apply for a call. I want you to whatever. So these different buckets can all be a dollar a day. Each campaign is its own dollar. If you want to go further than that, here's the, the, the way that I like to use it is whenever I create content and I say, let's just say we're going to use the case study bucket. This campaign has $1 a day it's going to spend. And so with the one ad set or audience that you want to target, because I like to do just one, I would put together all the keywords that I plan to target later when I want to get a conversion or, or some sort of uh, you know email or purchase or something along those lines, I bundle those audiences together into one audience. Why? You're only spending a dollar. Unless you want to spend a dollar per audience, fine. You can do that. But if we're talking about just putting out something for reach purposes, getting impressions, getting people to see who you are and know, like, and trust you, you bundle all those keywords together into one ad set or audience, if you want to call it that. And then... From there, you can actually put every piece of content you create pertaining to that bucket in that ad set. So as an example, my case study bucket at a dollar a day has 30 keywords together and there's 20 pieces of content in this audience just sitting there. 
Here's the thing, I never check it. It just runs in the background. And here's the reason why. Over time, Facebook starts to deliver that budget to the content with the best engagement on its own. And if you want to get a little more technical, don't put videos and images together. Most likely, it's going to put all the budget to the videos. So if you create a case study bucket, one campaign is all videos. Another one is all images. That way, you could see which one of my images is doing the best with this dollar. And over time, you can cut off the ones that are getting no attention. Same thing with video. Which one of my videos is getting all the engagement? Turn off the other ones. And like I said, you can get really granular with this. You want to do a dollar per audience? You can't. But if you're just trying to spend a dollar per bucket, that's $5 a day. People are seeing your stuff constantly and it's rotating. So your frequency or the amount of times that people see your ad is going to be very low. It'll be about 1.1 to maybe 1.5, which means they'll see it one to one and a half times every time they log in. And that's it. If your budget's higher, it still won't hit a two until you're spending hundreds of dollars a day because the audience is so large, right? So you're constantly in front of these people. And here's the great part. I talked about bucket number five being the call to action. That dollar every now and again does convert to a phone call. It does convert to a lead. And here's the other thing that people don't realize. If one piece of content goes viral, which does happen, and viral is obviously, it depends on what you mean by viral, but let's say this video has been running for three months. One person likes it, shares it, whole audience sees it. Next thing you know, your video now has 500,000 views. That grows your fan page. That might even grow your Instagram. And it definitely leads to people messaging you, going to your site, opting in, whatever it may be. That's happened to me, I don't know how many times, from just letting something go. Because all it takes is one person sharing it with their gigantic audience and everything just kicks off. And you're only spending a dollar a day per audience or per bucket. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be scared about blowing through an ad budget or I don't know if this is possible for me. You could do this for a dollar at a time. And it gives you a chance to learn what's in the dashboard. What does this mean? What's a click? What's a link click? What's an impression? What You can go through every single column, learn as you go, get comfortable with deploying an ad. And then down the road, you can get more sophisticated and do conversion ads and traffic ads and, you know, stories versus feed as granular as you want. Right. But you could start as a dollar a day and then just evolve from there. That's amazing. So, David, you have a business that helps people do this. Is that right? Yes. So could you tell us a little bit about that, too? Yeah. So my agency, Convert ROI, you know, we focus around taking people's ad plans and turning them into revenue producing machines, right? That's the best way to put it, right? So a lot of people have this goal of, you know, they want to sell more of their physical or digital product, whether they do education or maybe they have a service that they do for people. And we work with all sorts of different industries along the way, right? So my team and I, when we are working with a business, let's just say it's someone who sells electronics, right? They have a store that does really well, but they haven't quite figured out how to reach the next level. And the next level could literally be they want to spend $10,000 a month in ads and they've been stuck at eight. But for some reason, when they get to 10, it doesn't work anymore. And that happens quite a bit. So we're oftentimes coming in and we're professional scalers, as I like to call it. It's like, you're here, you want to get to here. You haven't quite figured out how to get everything that's in the middle there. And that's where we can come in, develop the strategy, work with the creative and the copy with you, and then essentially help you scale your business. You know, the great thing about that part of running ads for people is you've already done the proof of concept. You know it sells. You know people want what you have to offer. For some reason, though, when you try to promote it to more people, more people don't want it. So you're trying to figure out where's the happy medium there of 
how do I find more individuals interested in what it is I have to offer? And so that's where we fit in best. It's taking something that clearly has momentum and then simply blasting through that ceiling that's been artificially created by the business and allowing them to reach that next level or even the pinnacle of where they thought they can reach in their business. And that's where we can do our job with Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, Agency has been around, you know, since I started uh, back in college, it's gone through its, you know, rebranding over the years, but now, you know, in its current state, it's been this way for about seven years now, uh, worked with a lot of people when it comes to e-commerce on Shopify and WooCommerce and, you know, taking, let's say someone who does webinars and helping them get their webinar out to more people around the world, not just in one country, but multiple places around the world and, you know, growing their customer bases from, you know, they might've done a hundred thousand dollars last year and our goal is to help them reach a million. Or if someone has already done a couple million, how do we get them to 10? Right. Mm -hmm. So we come in at that point where it's like, you're ready to take it to the next level. And we're going to help you do that. So one of the questions that I have is I've reached out to different marketing companies and the price is so extremely different. So what do you look for in a marketing company and how do I know I'm going to be spending my money the right way? I can have somebody say that they're only going to charge me like $300 a month. And then you have somebody who says, I'm going to charge you $5,000 a month or more. Um, how do you know who to choose? So you also have to keep this in mind, right? It's it's what's the budget versus management allocation. Some people will say we charge $5,000 a month, but what you might not realize is 2,000 of that is their management fee and 3,000 is the budget. Whereas people like me, when I am breaking down pricing for someone, it's separate. Your management fee is this, your budget is this. So you need to allocate that number combined every month, right? So at least that's brought up upfront. You should know upfront how much you need to have set aside so that you can run ads for, let's say, three months at a time. Mm -hmm. And I like to do it in three-month increments, not because I can't get your results in month one. It's that it takes a lot of time to dial in something. And if you only gave us a month, I would have to pull out every possible stop that I can in hopes that by week four, you're happy and you continue. Mm -hmm. Not everyone wants to operate that way. But you know, a lot of the bigger agencies or the ones that have been around the block for a while, it's three-month minimums. So typically, the budgets and the management fees are a little higher. Whereas if you're working with someone on a lower management fee, it's not that there aren't good advertisers out there, but they may only do just enough to get you the results you're looking for. Example, let's say the management fee is $500 and the budget is 1,000. Not every person can turn 1,000 bucks into $5,000 in revenue. Some can, but what happens when you wanna hit 10? Well, you gotta increase the ad budget, most likely, unless they pull out something that the 1,000 can turn into 10, but most likely you gotta increase your management fee and the ad budget. Because the more budget that's involved, the more management involved. I, I often find that when I'm consulting companies on their accounts, because I'm also consulting media buyers on how to scale, I'm finding that the, the lower ticket management uh, companies that do you know ads for you at $300 a month and $500 a month, they might check your account two or three times a week maximum. They may only do your ads and brand new ads, maybe two new ads a week, right? So they're not doing active testing. It's very passive. We'll create something, we'll deploy it, and we'll check it later and hope that everything's doing great. Whereas someone like, let's say myself, if I'm spending $200 a day, so $6,000 a month, I am checking your ads every day, twice a day. I'm launching ads probably every two to three days because I give things some time to gather data. But if I'm creating new ads because something's not working, there's new ads every two days. Hmm. If something's working, there's new audiences every two days, right? So there's scale kicking in, which means you know I'm in your account constantly. 
If something's being turned off, you notice they went from blue to gray, you know I'm in there. If you notice that there's more campaigns popping up and you're getting notifications, I'm in there. So you often find that the more, I wouldn't call it aggressive, but we're just more on top of things. You're getting notifications all the time of things going on in your account. These other companies that are charging much less, you might only get those notifications a couple times a month if they're doing it in real time. People also don't realize you could schedule these in advance. So if they do everything in the first week, you might not get a notification for three weeks, right? So it's really just how much work is being done in the account. So do you create the ads as well, or does your customer have to supply those? We do it together. And here's what I mean by that. My team and I do come up with advertising copy. So the written words that go in the ads themselves, we also do the creative, but mostly imagery because imagery is the easiest to deploy. It also is the one you can do faster, right? You want ads out in three days. I can get images done today. We can get everything in place. Video is different. Some clients I've worked with, they're great on camera. So I want them to record as much as possible all the time. And I'll even come up with ideas for them. Talk about this. Talk about that. This is working for this person. Like we'll, we'll just come up with topics for them to record. And of course, give them ideas on like where to record them, what they should wear. These are all important things, by the way, just like environment. What do you want to create when you're talking about this subject matter? And then from there, we'll take those videos and we'll, you know, I have a video editor. I could send it to him and say, hey, uh, can you add those borders? Can you add something in the top and bottom? We just want to have the main footage. And then we'll test the main footage versus our edited version of that just mm-hmm. to see which one does better. So I'll often find that the raw footage does way better. Mm-hmm. It's just people don't need games and gimmicks anymore. Just be real. Right, right exactly. Just to the point. Um, so one of the questions that I ask every single one of my guests is what is one time that you've had a trial and how did you overcome that trial with triumph, be it in your personal life or business? Yeah. So my business has fallen apart twice, right? So the first time that happened around 2013, uh, everything was just going wrong. It seemed like no campaign was working. I had clients leaving after three months. So it's like I went from, I think at that point, we had 10 of them, 10 clients at, at the max. And then by the time the year was towards the end, you know, October, November, I had two. And those two clients could barely cover my bills. And it was very tough because I remember during that time, not only was I severely depressed because everything was just falling apart. I actually told my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, that she should leave me because who wants to be with a loser? Like, that's what was in my head. I was like, if I can't take care of myself, how could I take care of other people? That's always been my thing. It's like, if I can't make sure that I'm good, how could I do the same for another person, let alone if I have a family, right? This isn't going to work. But I was was just beaten down and out. And I was like, this isn't working anymore. So at that point, I had to rebuild and reframe who I was as a person, but also not just to myself, but in the marketplace. Because at that time, you know, Facebook was starting to build momentum, but I wasn't known as like the guy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the guy yet. So I had to figure out what do I need to do in order for people to trust me? I did a lot of audits for people, account audits, building trust. Let me just do an audit for free. And if everything looks good, I'll tell you if you need work, I'll tell you what to fix. All I ask in exchange is for one piece of advice of what you would do to change my business and make it better. That's I did. That's all I would ask for. Some people gave me testimonials, some didn't. I did 77 audits in seven days. Wow. I I didn't sleep much. I was just like, I need to get this working immediately Mm -hmm. or else everything's going to fall apart. Those audits not only gave me great insight, but it also allowed me to rebuild things because now 77 people knew that I am fantastic at this job. So I I was establishing the trust and also honesty of like, this isn't working and here's why and here's what you need to change. 
all those things were actually setting me up for the future because a lot of those people, seven of them in the beginning, turned into clients within a week. Seven. And just from doing a free audit, they were like, you know what? Would you like to run my ads? Yes, I'd love to run your ads. But a lot of those people would come back three, six, nine, 12 months later and say, hey, man, do you have availability for client work? Of, of course. I'd love to work with you. I already did the audit. I know what you need work on. And if that is still the case a year later, we're good. We could start this today. So I did that as a way to come out of the trenches. I was deeply just out of it. I, I was already beating myself up mentally. And then on top of that, I didn't want people around me. I was just like, I, I need to figure this out. And some people would say that's not healthy, but I work better when I'm by myself. So I needed everyone to please leave me alone for a bit because I'm going to figure this out. I'm a problem solver. That's naturally the way I am. But that second time that that happened, which was almost a repeat of the first time, except this time I found that instead of going everyone around me get away, I was like, I have friends now. Like, let me get a collective idea of where I'm doing things wrong. And maybe this time I will get out of it faster instead of having to you know, do all this alone. And the second time around, it was like in a matter of a couple of days, I knew exactly what had to be fixed. I got great insight. You know, the people that I wasn't doing a great job for, I told them I'm firing myself. I'm breaking away. I need to rebuild things and do it right. And it was a lot quicker to come back from that. But at the same time, I was more happy with what I created the second time around. It was something I actually was willing to continue to grow versus just doing it for the money, which in this day and age with agencies, which are highly advertised now, apparently it's such a great business model that everyone should have one that in the beginning, it was all money. You, you take 2000 from a client, you help them get results, you keep 1500 of it, rinse and repeat. Then you hire someone after a while, you give them a portion of that, you get some free time, rinse and repeat, and you just keep doing it because your margins were very stable. But as the platforms evolved, your margins got higher, things got a little more stressful, and now you have a real business where now you have to really budget and be careful with not making too many hires or buying too many things. And then naturally you're like, oh, I don't have 80% margin anymore. I got 30%. So all the stuff you were doing before has to change as well, right? So I made sure that the second time around, I also was building something that was sustainable, that I could take care of my people because I consider my, my contractors and employees as family because I'm not just taking care of them. I'm taking care of their family. So I would always put something in place to make sure that if something went wrong, if we had a pandemic, right, any of those things yeah. that they were taken care of. I didn't have to fire anybody. I didn't have to reduce hours. They were taken care of. But I made sure they were taken care of first, and then I took care of me after because I made sure that whatever I built would make it through any hardship outside of what I already experienced. Mm -hmm. So two separate examples of what I did in order to get out of something, you know, a deep hole, but very similar circumstances. Now, if people go to your Instagram and they're in your Facebook, you offer a lot of great tips. You offer, you're talking about all your different buckets. So we all know what your buckets are. Um, how can people follow you? Where can they find you on social media? For sure. So Instagram, uh, it's just D, it's David M. Schloss. That's the handle uh, on Facebook. The handle is Schlossy. That's my nickname from middle school and it never went away. Aww. So S-C-H-L-O-S-S-Y. That's my personal profile if you want to connect there. Uh, my fan page, David M. Schloss as well. It'll automatically go there. And if you're not sure which David Schloss to find, because there are a couple out there, I have a blue check. Thank you, Facebook. Yes. So I have I have one on Facebook. I also have one on Instagram. I'm on those platforms all the time because naturally that's where I spend the most money. But in the future, you know, there's going to be YouTube channel with all the content that I'm releasing around, you know, how we built what we built along the way with Instagram and Facebook. 
but also I am going to be on LinkedIn a lot more. Same handle, David M. Schloss. It's all there. Um, and so you'll start to see me starting to post other types of buckets that we're testing out constantly, because what better way to test if something works than to do it on yourself first? Absolutely. Right? So all sorts of stuff coming out. And, you know, you could follow me there. I'm always engaging with people. I answer messages. So if you do DM me or PM me on Facebook, I answer. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you want consulting done for you or you just want to be like, hey, nice, nice podcast, nice show, great content. Awesome. I'm down with that, too. Yeah. And tell everybody real quick, too, where they can hear your podcast. Well, my podcast or this one? Your <laughs> podcast. Oh, my podcast, mm-hmm. The New MBA Show, um, which is actually ready to go, about to go live. It's going to be on iTunes, you know, Spotify, everywhere. But the main thing is that it's all revolved around just people in business who created something that's ideal to their situation, but in a new way, right? An untraditional uh, just call it like the uneducation way of building your business, right? You didn't have to get a degree to do it. How'd you build it? Was it all on you as a sole proprietor? Or did you have a team from day one, right? Just breaking down people's ways of building something that is just absolutely changed their life and what they've done in order to get to where they are today. But with a financial spin, because we talk about the finances behind it and what they needed to do in order to make sure they could scale that business without going broke like many people do. So that'll be on all advertising, uh, advertising, all podcast platforms, but it'll also be on YouTube because it's a video show. So a lot of that is going to be available, I would say in the very near future. But if you search my name or the new MBA show, you will find it. And if you see a book that pops up, that says the new MBA, that's also me. So it all comes back around. It's all the same principle. And everybody, I'm going to be sharing all of the links in the podcast notes. And if you're watching it, this show on Amazon TV or Roku, you're going to see it on the screen. Um, everybody, thank you so much. And David, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate you. And I really learned a lot today. And I know my listeners are learning a lot. And I encourage everybody just to follow David on social media. He's excellent. He's on top of everything. If you have any questions, like he said, just DM him or PM him and um, definitely get at him. He's an awesome guy. Um, Thank you, David, for being on the show. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. Until next week, I'm Patty Catter with Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Follow Patty at Patty Catter on Facebook and Instagram. Get social. You can now watch Wake Up with Patty Catter on Amazon TV and Roku. It's the only podcast I listen to. Be sure to check out Patty's apparel line, The Patriotic Mermaid at thepatrioticmermaid.com and on social media at The Patriotic Mermaid. I love it. Special thanks to Patty's content creator, Ali. Thompson. Thanks for all that you do. Visit ThompsonCreate.com for all your marketing and design inquiries.